Hey y'all, it's Melissa Phillip and I am the founder and owner of The Modern Mama, a group that is an advocacy for women of color to expose them and educate them on the many facets of parenthood. Welcome to our first episode called Your Child Needs a Change. Now I'm going to start off every episode with a question so that Those who are listening can have a moment to just reflect and wonder, am I doing this? Is this something that I can change? Is there anything that I can bring to spark my relationship with myself, my partner, or my child? And so today's question that I'm going to ask for all of you to just think about for a moment is, what is something that you are doing on a daily basis that you can get rid of? What is that thing that you've locked yourself into this place of comfortability that seems to not be able to let you go? What is that thing for you? You see, it's easy to get into a rut with your baby, playing with them in the same spot, with the same toys, in the same way, It makes a lot of sense, don't you think? I mean, when you find a way to keep your baby content and happy, you tend to want to stick with that. The problem is with that sameness is that it actually goes against your child's neuroscientific research and development to explore and wonder and see and feel and discover and smell and taste new and exciting things. And this is something that is usually targeted more towards the younger child, so from newborn to around two, because past the age of two, going into three or four, your child is beginning into this new sense of me. Who am I? Who is this newfound person? And what are the things that I can experience and see and explore on my own without my parents being so close and so around or directing me to do something? And so if you have younger kids, this is perfect. But if you have older kids too, and you feel like you need a little change of something, this is also great for you to remember whether you are having young kids, older kids, or even if you are taking this advice for yourself, we all need to change. There is nothing on the face of this earth that from the day it was created to now has not changed a bit. We all need to shed a couple of skins and layers and lose a little bit of you know, the things that we got so used to doing. And there's nothing wrong with that neither. That fear that we first get when we are talking about it or thinking about it is normal. And that's fine to fear something that is new. But what is not okay is to be so fearful that you are stuck now in this revolving door of old and comfort. And one thing to remember is that change is very uncomfortable. So like I mentioned, this is 
typically more for younger children under the age of two, especially nonverbal kids. And so particularly during the first seven months of life, your baby has an adaptive drive that compels them to seek new information about how the world works. Now, if you don't know this, this is just a fun fact, which I love to give is that from birth until six, your child is a sponge. And we hear this term being used so often. And it's like, well, what does that mean? I know they're a sponge. I know that they're listening and watching and doing. But what exactly makes them sponge-like? And so we're going to look directly into their brain, their neuroscience and that development happening at this stage. Their brain is like an open an empty world. If you've ever played Sims before, I'm an avid Sims lover, so all my Simmers, hello! Um, it's like a new world where there's no roads, there's no streets, there's no homes, there's nothing. And you have to pave a road and then you can start going somewhere. And that's where the parents come in, those first initial caretakers and seeing what they do and being around them and getting some form of a routine of um, your family is what creates those first few roads and streets. And then as your child gets older, they start to have avenues and boulevards and junctions and parkways and freeways. And, you know, but by the time they get to the age of six, their map is kind of formulated for them. And so the roads that are there are there forever. You may be able to add a few more roads in, but the foundation of the map is already set and it's very difficult to change that. Now with this analogy in mind, you also have to remember all the unused land as well. Something has to be done with that. We can't just leave all this unused space in our mind. And so your brain will literally start to delete space. If that's, you know, how you want to think about it or mow space, demolish it. And so whatever your child learns and is accustomed to up until around the age of six, that's really the groundwork. And so you want to give your child, especially in that first two years, I mentioned seven, first seven months, but those first seven months, they're not really able to see, their hearing is getting more confident more and better, their um, sense of self, you know, they're a little bit more aware that, oh, I have fingers, I have a hand, I have a body, I can, I have legs. And so you want to take that time to really gather as much as you can and help your child truly understand or try to grasp at least, because do we truly understand why we're here? No, but at least have them have a foundation of where am I? Who am I? What do I belong to? And so studies have shown that when babies are presented with a particular object for a long time, as we know, even for us ourselves, they lose interest and they look away. And if they're shown the same thing next to a new one, they are obviously more interested in the new object than the one that they've seen already. So we even have scientific research that shows even as young as seven months, 
Kids get tired of things. They want to see something new. They don't want to just look at the same old black and white book or the same old plushy toy or the same old carpet, <laughs> you know, during tummy time or, you know, if they're two, the same old toys. And this is why it's important to rotate toys, bring them out into new elements, show them different textures and things that they can play with that are new and different so that you can constantly keep their mind engaged and open. Now, we talk a lot about toys in this generation of modernism and um, just trying to remove the the, the the rain on toys. A lot of us, if you're 80s, 90s kid, whoop whoop, who are having kids now, <laughs> but a lot of us are trying to go back to our roots. We kids, we saw the streetlights come on. Nowadays, kids just they just happen to be on one minute and they happen to be off the next. But we want to get back to kids playing outside, playing with their hands, playing with, you know, tangible things, not just toys or being on computers or iPads. And there's nothing wrong with toys. There's nothing wrong with computers or iPads or the TV neither. But there's something different about a tangible object that is open-minded and that doesn't play for you. And so I want you to keep that in mind that showing your, some, your child something new doesn't mean new toys. It doesn't have to be a new toy. It can be a new, a new change of scenery, a new way to do something. It could be a new perspective. Maybe they're so used to being low on the ground. Maybe you want to bring them up higher, put them in a carrier for 30 minutes every day have them in their high chair more often or if you have a um, learning tower you can use that but there's so many different ways that you can implement newness that doesn't have anything to do with toys and books are a great way to present something new because every page is something different and every book is completely different in their own way so that's also a great start as well five easy ways to meet your baby's need for newness now like i mentioned earlier this is typically for younger children under the age of one, but you can definitely alter these to fit your child's age because this can go up until they're 10 or so, or not even, when does wanting change end? I mean, I'm in my mid-20s and I get bored very easily and I'm also a Gemini and so that does not help at all. And so we, you always want to be exposed to something new. So this honestly has no time limit or age limit more so, but you definitely want to adjust the activities that you may be doing, right? And so the first thing is maybe, you know, playing with paper or silverware. When sorting mail or, you know, your putting organizing folders or files or anything, or you're even shredding paper. Oh my gosh, a shredder is amazing. Um, you want to take time out of, you know, being so focused on, let me declutter or let me organize what's happening and play with your child. Show them what crumpled, crumbled paper sounds like. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does very crisp paper feel like? What can I do with this? How does it sound when I rip it? 
what are things that we can do with this? Can we make an airplane? Can we make a snowflake? Can we make a heart? Ooh, maybe we can learn origami, depending on the age of your child. There's literally so many things. I mean, you're probably wondering, like, damn, how did she come up with all this? It's it's just random thoughts, really. At our, as my sister would say, at your big grown dutty age, <laughs> you already know what paper is. It's not exciting. You know, it's paper. It came from trees. It got cut down, yada, 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 the process, the process. But for a child, remember, paper is different. It's something you can't really eat, but then it looks cool. But then you can write on it, but you can rip it, but then you can throw it away, but you can use it again. But you, it comes in different colors, sizes, textures, thickness, weight. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's, there's so many things that make, you know, paper or anything so interesting. But we have to take that time out and remove ourselves from this, you know, I guess, higher level of you know, here I am as an adult, I've reached the ultimate knowing. <laughs> and take ourselves back to a kid. How did we feel when we first experienced something? It was fun. It was exciting. We wanted to know more about it. That's exactly what our kids want to do all the time. And so paper or playing with silverware, I know our kids love to play with our pots and pans. And it's for a good reason. It makes different sounds. If you have instruments, great thing or Toys that make noise, whether it's a little jingle or a bell or whistles are awesome. Um, there's so many different um, things that don't necessarily have to be even an instrument that can make different sounds. If you have a washing machine, it's a great sound. Uh, if you have like an empty paper towel roll, I mean, you know, creativity is it. Use your imagination. And I know for many of us that went to public school, that was not something we were told to have, imagination. But let's try to bring that back. We are the modern mama. We're not the old school mama, okay? We're trying to bring back and reinvent so many of the things that we loved about our childhood. And just Twerk them a little bit, work it up and make it fun and easier and more nav nav navigating <laughs> brain fart and just expose them to our kids. Like have fun. The second thing is lighting a candle or shining a flashlight. I cannot tell you guys how much Jenny loves light. I mean if you have your flashlight on, she's just putting her finger to it and watching her finger glow. I do little shadow puppets. Uh, Dollar Tree has a great selection of glow-in-the-dark bracelets and necklaces. And they have like wands. Amazing. Close the door. Turn off the lights. Let's play with these. Let's see. What, oh my gosh, what colors are they making? It's moving. Make your own um, lava lamps. I mean... Light in general, even if you're using a candle, obviously be careful now. Don't have your kids play with matches. Don't say that I bought you this. I did not. <laughs> but just light and darkness, that contrast and showing them the differences and having your kids turn on lights, turn off lights, blow out candles, um, 
you know, they can learn their colors with lights. My sister, when we go to New York, she has LED light strips attached to her bed. And my daughter loves doing more, but she loves watching the different colors. And it's a great learning time as well because we can teach her her colors and we we do like moods as well like red might be angry and blue could be sad or you know and it you, it really does help heighten something that seemed so small and like oh man it's just a candle like what can i do with this and make it something like bam like this is really really cool another thing that i really love are sparklers though be careful now cuz those things get a little wild each sparkler is its own person but sparklers are amazing, absolutely beautiful, especially during this time, the season where, you know, fireworks is getting crackling and popping and sparklers is being shaken and moving. Definitely get you a few. Or if you're, once again, 80s, 90s kids, and you remember those old school poppets? <laughs> those are cool too, okay? They are definitely back. I've seen them at Dollar Tree. <laughs> get you a couple. Number three would have to be to face them forward. A lot of our carriers, strollers, or, you know, a lot of the toys that our kids have are usually facing towards us because, I mean, who doesn't want heaters cute to your cheeks all the time? Amazing. But we also want them to see the world. When we're going out for walks, we're not the only ones hearing birds and watching the leaves move. They are too, and you want to give them the best vantage point to really see and explore the world around them. And one of the great ways if your stroller can face front and back is to put them towards the front. And not just that, but laying them on the ground outside. I always say as a Haitian woman, Outside, the sun has so many healing properties. I think a lot of us modern mamas, we're once again going back to our roots, being out more, exploring, you know, nature and stuff because we know how healing it is, how beneficial being outside is for us, for our kids. And so, especially when you have young ones that aren't really able to roll yet, laying them on a blanket and just having them watch outside watch the clouds the birds the bees and you know wasps and dragonflies and stuff fly around it's amazing for them for their hand-eye coordination for their development for them learning what a community is what their world is what are things that that they're not just the center of everything you know because for so long they are our center but they need to know that they are a part of something so much bigger and how else can you learn that without seeing it from the smallest little thing to the largest, the sun? And I mean, nothing is cooler than watching your baby's face just glow with excitement, seeing a bird pass by or seeing a squirrel or watching their neighbors walk their dog or something. There's just something magical about watching your kid see the sky for the first time or, you know, they, they're behaviors like they're seeing it for the first time and it makes you really appreciate this earth that we have this world that we have and you know just take a moment of gratitude and just say thank you because we have done nothing to deserve 
any of these beautiful free items <laughs> that we were given and blessed with. And so having them appreciate and love and soak in all of that is chef's kiss. Okay, babies. <laughs> Number four is to show your babies new foods. Now, food is sometimes a very tricky topic for a lot of new parents because we're scared of our kids choking and scared of this and scared of that. Now, if you have not taken an infant or child CPR or ADE class, I highly, highly, highly suggest you do. There is nothing more important than being aware and knowing what to do if your child does choke. However, and we'll talk about this in a few other episodes, your food for your children does not need to be bland. As a Haitian woman and a Haitian parent that loves to cook, my our daughter gets the exact same meals that we do. There is no difference, just smaller portions. If we're eating white rice, beans, and chicken, she's eating white rice, beans, and chicken. If I'm having a smoothie in the morning and some eggs, she's having a smoothie in the morning and some eggs. If I'm having a pizza, she's having a pizza. If I'm having pita butter and jelly, she's having pita butter and jelly. And one thing that I feel like enables the creativity and for that ease of you giving your child food is to be mindful of what you're putting in your own food. I am very confident of the ingredients that I use, of the um, sodium amount that I'm very watchful of, the kind of salt that I'm using, the kind of oil that I'm using, the kind of chicken and vegetables and fruits. And I'm always very cautious about those things. And I'm very aware of what I want to put in my body and what I want to introduce her to as well. And food is so fun. I mean, you can play with it, you can eat it, you can throw it. Yeah, we may not want those things, but let's be honest. Eating with your hands is so fun. As much as a lot of Western people want to make it seem like utensils are it, child, picking, there's nothing more soulful about picking up food with your hands. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I just love it. It just reminds me of home. It, re- it makes me feel like I'm saying a personal thank you to the chef, to the food, to the work that it took to bring the food to my to my body. It's just like, thank you. I'm giving it a hug. I just, oh, I just love me some good food. <laughs> Anyways, point is, is having your kids explore food is an amazing way to show them new things. If they're playing with cold pasta, You know, you can show them the difference between pasta when it's al dente and pasta when it's just fresh and it's just there cracking and not doing anything. (laughs) Or rice, beans. There's so many great food items that you can show them when it's solid versus when it's boiled, sauteed versus fried, hot versus cold, creamy versus, you know, whatever it is. Options are endless. And as you can tell, the Gemini side of me gets really excited about things because at the end of the day, what we want to do for our kids is expose them to as many things as possible. Because at the end of the day, they're going to find out about these things regardless. And one day they're going to wonder why they didn't learn it from you. 
Why wasn't you that showed them the ropes? Why did they have to learn it on their own? Or why did someone completely out of left field have to show it to them? We want to be there when our child is experiencing at least a good portion of these things, especially when we can. We can involve them in every and all household duties and chores and truly be a part of a community just like the modern mama where we get to talk about these things and really just confirm all the greatness that we're already doing okay (laughs) and last but not least number five is rotating your toys now we're going to talk about this in another episode so i'm not going to get into it too much but Put some of those toys away. I am tired of seeing all the toys out. I am tired, guys. I'm over it. (laughs) I don't like it. Tomato, tomato, tomato. (laughs) I don't like it, okay? Let's put those toys somewhere, whether you're putting it in a bag, putting it in a box, putting it in the storage, putting it in your car, putting it under the bed, put it in the closet, put it somewhere. Child, put them toys somewhere, okay? Give your kids, let's say your kids have 40 toys, and it ranges from whether it's ride-along cars to blocks to Legos to paint to stuffed animals, whatever. Out of those 40 They should and could be exposed to at least 10 to 12 toys for two weeks straight. Now, that will, one, give them the ability to hone and complete every skill that a toy should and could have, because not every toy has a skill that you need to accomplish, but it will give them the chance to actually complete it, hone that skill, and perfect it so that they can teach someone else, which is a very, very important skill that we oftentimes miss. And two, it gives you a really good reason that you don't have to buy more toys. Do you know that if you rotate your toys and hide some toys and you bring it back, your kids will act like it was the first time they ever seen that damn toy? Now I know. A lot of us have multiple kids and we're like, nah, they too smart for this. Trust me, as a retired educator now, I've done and hosted a little bit too many recess periods and free times, and I can count how many times I've hidden the Legos, the most favorite toy, (laughs) hid them for two weeks straight, bought them back out. You would have thought they'd never seen Legos in their life. Oh my gosh, Legos! (laughs) I mean, (laughs) wild. And so... If older kids, I mean, 9, 10, 11, can be very, very happy about toys that they have at home (laughs) after not seeing them for a few weeks, I promise you, your little ones will go nuts over the toys that you have deliberately hidden from them so that they can have the chance to actually appreciate the ones that they have now. I mean, personally, growing up, my mom also followed Montessori and I always say that Montessori is for broke people. Montessori ain't for the people who have a lot of money because (laughs) Montessori is simple. It's using the things that are around you and creating something out of it. It's that personal interaction and connections that you make with 
touching tangible things, talking to people, making real life connections. And so when you grow up in Haiti, I mean, you're making cars out of plastic bottles, hangers and bottle tops and some string. You know, you're you're playing jump rope with, you know, leftover string from some kind of construction or building or whatever. You're swimming. You know, there's not that many ways or things for you to do outside of coming up with it on your own. And so I grew up in that era of go outside, find something to do, make it up as you go, you know, very, very much. Everything is your imagination. And I really appreciate that because now I'm able to share that with Jenny and any future kids that we have. But also it made me really appreciate and love simplicity, that minimalistic idea and just what I have is enough and I don't need more is a really precious tool that not a lot of us have nowadays in this world, especially country of mass consumerism where Costco and BJ's and Sam's Clubs, I mean, if you're not buying things in bulk, you're crazy. And so to just have everything I need in this little pile and I'm content and I'm happy and I'm satisfied and everything is fine is an amazing thing to be able to pass down to your kids because then they will be able to enjoy the simple joys in life. Not everything has to be big and extravagant and wild with noise and sirens and lights, but it can be a simple rock or a twig and now I'm a pirate or, you know, it could be something as small as that. And so I really just wanted to talk to you guys about what are some of the things that you can change in your child or in your daily life that you feel like you've started getting into a comfortable routine? There's nothing wrong with routines and doing something that feels good and is right and it gives you the less headaches <laughs> for sure because that's what, what that's what we all want. And we all deserve to have easy days no one needs to have difficult days and we definitely don't have to struggle for anything. But what are some things that you feel like you've gotten sort of into a bad habit of just doing because it's too easy now? You know that it will get a certain result, so you don't want to bother trying something new. If you didn't have a chance to think about that question earlier on in the episode, I beg you, ask this question anytime you feel like you're getting to a place of feeling stuck or you want to try something new, let's try to declutter and unravel what may have put us in this momentum of feeling stuck or feeling like we're just having the same day over and over again. If you agree, nod your head because I definitely agree with that. I just want to say that through all of this, Change is something we all need. And if you haven't been told today, I promise that you are doing a wonderful job and that your child is extremely blessed, lucky, and joyful to have someone like you in their life who is constantly trying to learn new things 
figure out new ways to be a better parent and is actively striving towards that. I'm the Modern Mama, aka Melissa Phillip, and thank you so much for watching, listening to my very first podcast episode. I am so happy that you're here, and I can't wait to see you (laughs) the next time. I hope you guys have a wonderful day wherever you are. Hugs. Later.